Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, January the 25th. One topic dominates this week's podcast, that is the use of oral contraceptives and ovarian cancer. In a moment, we'll hear from Professor Valerie Beryl, epidemiologist at the University of Oxford and one of the authors of a large reanalysis of pooled data looking at the long-term use of oral contraceptives and ovarian cancer. But I'm also joined by my colleague Pam Daz. Pam, this study is so important and the implications of it that we have written a long editorial in this week's issue. Can we start by just talking a little bit about ovarian cancer itself? This is a particularly aggressive cancer, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It is an aggressive and fatal disease. It can be a dreadful way to die. In the USA, ovarian cancer is the most common cause of death in the female reproductive organs. Older women are at highest risk. About two-thirds of affected women are 55 years or older. The problem is there's not very many screening methods available and proven ones that work and symptoms mean that ovarian cancers often diagnose late so women present at a far late stage. So despite advances in treatment and long-term survival rates remain poor, primary prevention would be a major advance. Well let's now listen to Professor Valerie Beryl who is an epidemiologist at the University of Oxford. Professor Beryl, first thing I think to be clear about is that this study is not talking up a new finding suggesting that the pill protects against ovarian cancer. We've actually known that for some time, is that right? That's absolutely clear. It's been known for uh, 20 years, over 20 years, that the pill protects against ovarian cancer. But most of the effects of the pill are short-lived, really, just while women are taking on the pill. But for cancer of the ovary that gets much more common in older women, a really important question was how long does this protection last? And what we've shown here is that it lasts for over 30 years. So it's really very long-lasting protection. So in terms of the objective of this current pooled analysis, presumably the key thing to ascertain is the duration of the effect, and particularly in relation to the important and obvious fact that pill users tend to be young, but ovarian cancer strikes women in postmenopausally generally. That's exactly right. And that's why this was important, and that was really still an unanswered question about how long the effects last, and we can really say that these effects last for 30 or more years after people have stopped taking the pill, and that's really into women's 70s and and probably older. In terms of the methodology, how you pulled it together, as I say, it's a very large piece of epidemiological research. Can you just run through some pretty impressive figures in terms of the number of studies you included in the analysis and the number of women, the numbers of countries they came from? You could look at it as really a a pooling of really almost all the information worldwide that we now have. We brought together original data from 45 studies from around the world, which included over 20,000 women who had ovarian cancer and about 80,000 who didn't. And we checked with data with the original investigators and reanalyzed it. And this is how we came up with it, with our findings. It's pretty well a composite of well over 90, probably 95% of the research that's been done on the effects of the pill on ovarian cancer to date. And you've already touched on it. One of the key findings is that the protective effect lasts for a long time. Can you just elaborate on that slightly? Because it does diminish slightly, doesn't it, over time? If the proportion that decrease does, in terms of the real risks, numbers of women getting ovarian cancer, as women get older, the, the benefit actually gets, if anything, slightly stronger in, in absolute terms. Also, Professor Beryl, when we think of the pill, we think of different types of preparation of the pill, and the makeup of it has changed over the decades. For example, it was quite high estrogen content, certainly in the 60s, wasn't it? What did you find in, in relation to that? 
Well, the pill was really first marketed around, well, in developed countries uh, in the 60s. And over the next 20 years, the dose more than half. So by the 1980s, the estrogen doses in the pill were more than half what they had been in the 1960s. And we found that, that the protection was about the same women who'd used the pill in the 1960s, the 1970s, 1980s. So the type preparation doesn't seem to have an effect. Also, regardless, or rather controlling for other factors such as smoking and um, parity and the age of commencement of menstruation, that sort of thing. Controlling for that, it was still the same. And we can also say that the effects, this long-lasting protection and the magnitude of the protection is similar across different ethnic groups. There was enough information, obviously, in 20,000 to look across ethnic groups, different educational levels, different numbers of children and women have had use of other drugs like hormone replacement therapy. The protection against the, the pill was similar across all those sorts of groups of women. And Professor Beryl, can you be clear now about the absolute risk reduction that we're talking about? Yes, we're talking about, um, in developed countries, about 12 women every thousand, that's 1.2% of women would normally develop ovarian cancer by the time they're 75. And if women take the pill for 10 years, it goes down by a third to 8 per thousand. So that's 4 per thousand fewer women developing ovarian cancer if they've taken the pill for 10 years. That means that every 250 women who have taken the pill, one won't have developed ovarian cancer who would have otherwise if they've taken the pill for 10 years. And that's developing cancer, not dying of cancer? No, it's developing cancer. Although some other powerful statistics that are in the paper are estimates, given that the pill has been around for getting on for 50 years, estimates of the number of cancers that have been prevented and the mortality that's been prevented, and those figures are in the hundreds of thousands. Can you just mention those? The pill's now been around for almost 50 years, and over that period, it's about 200,000 fewer women worldwide have developed ovarian cancer because of the pill and about 100,000 fewer have died from ovarian cancer before they were 75. That's the estimates in the past. We can also look in the future because as women have taken the pill grow older, the numbers of cancers that are prevented will actually increase over time. And we estimate that in a few decades' time, there'll be about 30,000 fewer women developing ovarian cancer than would have otherwise because of current patterns of, of pill use. So we've heard how compelling the data are in the protective effect of the contraceptive pill against ovarian cancer. What we do in the editorial is to take all the evidence concerning the pill, the benefits of avoiding pregnancy, the risks of other cancers and other health outcomes, and discuss the public health implications. What this latest study raises is the question again of whether oral contraceptives should be made more widely available to women. The effect of contraceptives on cancer risk is quite complex. Whilst being shown to decrease the risk of ovarian and endometrial cancers, oral contraceptives have been shown to increase the risk of breast and cervical cancers. However, the best evidence on the net effect of oral contraceptives shows a reduction in the risk of cancers. Together, given the well-established benefits of avoiding pregnancy, we believe that the case is now convincing, that women deserve the choice to obtain oral contraceptives over-the-counter, removing a huge and unnecessary barrier to a potentially powerful cancer-preventing agent. A strong message about the overall cancer-preventing benefits of oral contraceptives would be a positive public health message and empower women to decide for themselves about the evidence. You know, another way of looking at it is taking an analogy. 
Taking the pill is a non-participating life insurance policy. And what I mean by this is that you pay your premiums now by purchasing oral contraceptives each month. And when you quit the pill and stop paying your premiums, you enjoy a tail of coverage that lasts for several decades. Now, how many drugs can do that? Not many. Pam Daz, thanks very much. Thanks also to Professor Valerie Beryl for her informative interview about the paper. Thanks very much for listening. See you next week.